The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answers Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answers Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Brown. He's the Director of Sales at Rancho Santana, which is a resort community based in Nicaragua. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. Let's start with your background. You've had kind of an unusual background to become the Director of Sales at a resort, but tell us a little bit about your history and, and how you got to be in that position. Sure. So I grew up in Ventura, California. So for those of you who have never heard of Ventura, it's about an hour north of Los Angeles, about 30 minutes south of Santa Barbara. So I grew up on the beach. Uh, enjoyed the time surfing and hanging out with friends down at the beach. Went to school at the University of uh, Santa Barbara where I continued uh, surfing pretty much as, as much as I could around my class schedule. Studied uh, economics, graduated from there and moved up to San Francisco and got into the software business. But I never lost the bug for surfing, enjoying the beaches and, and really traveling the world to go try to find places to surf with my friends that were relatively uncrowded. Um, after spending some time in San Francisco, which was a great place to be in the 90s, it was financially very lucrative, I got married, had a couple of kids, uh, was continuing to take those surf trips and trying to find locations where I wanted to spend time now with my family and also uh, with friends enjoying the beach. Ended up in Nicaragua on one of the, those surf trips and really fell in love with the country uh, as well as the waves and the weather and everything that you experienced when you were down there and then eventually ended up moving down to Nicaragua myself. Okay, and so uh, when did you first ha- hear about Rancho Santana, and why is it something you, you felt you wanted to represent? Right, so I was down there primarily selfishly to surf, enjoy sunset, enjoy spearfish and eating tacos, things that a lot of people can uh, probably relate to. Um, we were looking for the place that was going to be the most comfortable for our entire family, which probably was more so for my wife and my little girls than it was for me. And selfishly, I knew I only got to stay down there and enjoy surfing until the morning my wife woke up and wasn't enjoying it any more than I knew I was heading home. So I was looking for a location that was going to provide that. And Rancho Santana at the time, this is back in 2004, was the furthest along, had the most amenities and felt like the place that uh, my family would be the most comfortable. So we headed down there. Uh, we started to build a house at Santana. We purchased some land up and down the coast in Nicaragua, everyone, everywhere we wanted to go access the beaches and surf. And my uh, buddy Brian had also gone down there on the original surf trip and also had made the move down there as well. So he and I started a website that really catered more to the surfing world than anything else. But people started to see the pictures and read about what we were doing down there and wanted to come down and enjoy Nicaragua for the same things we were, which was really the beautiful outdoors, the untarnished beauty. It wasn't very developed at the time. And, and then, like I mentioned, the surf and the weather were spectacular. So as people started to come down, they wanted to see about picking up some real estate themselves and duplicating what Brian and I and my family had set up. So that's how I really got into real estate in Nicaragua. Originally, we were, we were doing it as a boutique developer, uh, real estate agent, if you will. We did a small 50-acre development, put in some underground water, power, roads, and such, uh, just up the coast from Rancho Santana. And then eventually, the developer at Rancho Santana saw that I was fairly successful selling lots in Santana because I was sort of selling my dream and selling the things that I enjoyed about Santana to those folks that were looking for something similar. And they asked me to run their real estate office solely for the developer. And so that's really how I got from uh, growing up in Ventura, going to school in Santa Barbara, a short stint of about 10 years in the technology business, and then ended up in uh, Nicaragua, specifically Santana, primarily to surf. And it parlayed itself into a real estate uh, sales and development career. 
Very good. Well, let's kind of take a broader view here. A lot of people may not be familiar uh, with Nicaragua, and even even on a broader basis, kind of foreign real estate investing. Uh, what is the case to be made for putting some of your assets outside of the United States into uh, foreign real estate, more broadly, before we get to Nicaragua specifically? Right. So some of your listeners may have heard of Agora Publishing, which is the company that owns and is developing the ranch and for whom I work for. And a lot of the publications that they put out there tell their readers and subscribers, you know, to look at the economy in the U.S. from a broad stroke perspective and look at where we are today and where we may head. You know, so there's some adversity out there in trying to maintain your financial goals and, and portfolios that we've worked so hard to develop. And one of the things that they're telling folks that can help them achieve those goals is to diversify their portfolio. So folks are diversifying into precious metals and have been for a long, long time. United or U.S.-based real estate, obviously the equities and bonds markets, et cetera. Well, another move to diversify and get some money out of the United States is to do that in foreign real estate. Um, the, some of the benefits of doing that are, one, the investment is offshore, obviously. You're not required to report that to the IRS, and it's, it's not that we're trying to do anything illegal or get around the IRS. It's just that if we don't have necessarily have to tell individuals, whether it's our neighbors or the government or whoever it might be, what we're doing with our money, I always think that's a, that's a good thing. Um, so investing in foreign real estate can hit a lot of those goals from just a broad portfolio diversification, getting some money out of the U.S., you know, should the U.S. economy falter like it did in 2008, trying to protect some of those assets, and it gets it into an asset that also um, you do not have to report to the IRS, so it gets a little bit of distance between everybody knowing what you're doing with your portfolio. So let's just drill in for a moment on the IRS thing. So when you have to uh, bring in like $10,000 in cash, that you have to report to the IRS. But you're saying if you buy real estate overseas, it's not something you have to report. And how about if you rent it out uh, and, and earn income from that? Is that something you have to report to the IRS as well? You do. And let me preface this that I'm not a you know, financial advisor or a, an accountant, um, but from the knowledge that I have and from what I've been talking to folks that are more knowledgeable in this area than I am, you know, worldwide as Americans, we're supposed to claim uh, and we're required by law to claim rental income, uh, any kind of income that we make worldwide. We're the only country in the world, I believe, that's, that's uh, required to do that. Um, but what individuals will need to do is they will need to tell the IRS on an annual basis any rental income that they derive from a, from a residence in Nicaragua. Um, and then if you should, let's say, buy a, a piece of property in Nicaragua for $100,000 and turn around and sell for $200,000, as an American, we're supposed to pay long-term capital gains on that $100,000 gain. So for the IRS tax law, you know, we're still supposed to... Uh, pay taxes on both that rental income and that long-term appreciation income. Um, but it's the, it's the uh, not the requirement, but it's the, the duty is of the citizen to do that because the IRS won't be able to see these things happening. So they'll need you to go ahead and tell them that. Because you would not, the Rancho Santana people would not give a 1099 or some kind of a, a form to the IRS saying you receive this amount of rental income. And they would also not show the sales price if you sold something for capital gains. It's up to you to report that, but it would not be coming from Rancho Santana directly. Correct. Correct. And so there's kind of an asset protection angle of this thing that uh, you should do the right thing, but it is something where you, you have more privacy than if you did it in the United States and you receive rental income, you'd have to be getting a 1099 on something like that. Is that the difference? Exactly. And I think you just used the, the perfect word for it, Jordan, in privacy. Again, we're not trying to break any laws. We're not trying to do anything illegal. But I think most people out there would prefer to live a more private life than a more public life in many different ways. And one of them being, you know, financially speaking, um, what we do with our money and our um, investments is something that we all try to do on a very private manner. And I think this is an investment that allows you to get some money out of the United States, um, more diversified in a very private manner, um, where then you know the responsibility is still there to report this stuff to the IRS. This does not get you off the hook from paying your taxes or anything like that, but it does it in a very private manner, which a lot of people um, can appreciate. So compare this to other 
kind of foreign assets, whether buying foreign stocks or gold or other things that are outside the U.S., what are the pros and cons of buying real estate generally in Nicaraguan specifically uh, compared to other kinds of foreign investments? There's a lot of people out there that have made a, a lot of money and become extremely wealthy in land, both in the United States and around the world. So just being in real estate gives you that tangible asset, which is unlike some of the uh, investments people might make in the bonds or the equity market. Um, so having that dirt as far as um, some place you can actually go and enjoy also has some value. So it's, it's not only an investment, it's something you can use and, and go and uh, enjoy while you're at it, is what you're saying. So it's kind of useful. Where you, gold, you might look at it, but it's not going to give you a vacation out of it or something. No, and I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm the, I love looking at gold and I love looking at stacks of money, but yeah, you can't, you can't do too much with it. So yeah, this is, a, this is an investment where you've got a tangible asset that you can go down and enjoy. Like you just mentioned, you can allow your friends and family to go down and enjoy it. I've uh, allowed uh, my kids tutors and things like that who you know have done a great job with our family d delivering services and things like that. It's also sort of a benefit or something that you can barter and uh, allow other people to go down and enjoy as well. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Brown. He's the director of sales at a, a resort in Nicaragua called Rancho Santana, uh, which is not a nice place to go, but a nice place potentially to invest as well. You can find out more about it at the website ranchosantana.com, and you can also email Mark if you want to find out more yourself at mark, M-A-R-C-B, at ranchosantana.com. We'll be back after this. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Brown. He's the director of sales at Rancho Santana, which is a resort community based in uh, Nicaragua. Welcome back to the show, Mark. 
Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me. So now let's talk specifically about Nicaragua. It's not a country a lot of people are all that familiar with. They think of the Iran-Contra thing and Daniel Ortega and all kinds of revolutionary things going on and communists and socialists running all over the place. They don't think of it typically as a kind of a safe haven for investing. So kind of get us up to date on what's happening in Nicaragua now and why you think it is a relatively safe place to invest in real estate there. Right. Well, you know, the first thing I can say is as a country, just being a safe country as far as spending time in it is the first probably litmus test that I would use to see if it was somewhere I ever wanted to invest um, from a financial perspective. So again, my first experience down there was in uh, going down and enjoying time surfing and, and enjoying friends and family. And then subsequently, I became more and more comfortable with the country and in co comparatively speaking, comparing it to other countries I'd been to in the area like Costa Rica, Mexico, El Salvador, the friendliness of the people and the safety were what really drew me to the country. So I'd been to all those other countries surfing as well, but my time in, in Nicaragua uh, was unique in that I felt safe and I felt comfortable and the people seemed so friendly that that's what drew me back to the country. So that was the first component of me investing myself because after that first trip, I went back down and started to invest in quite a bit of real estate um, before I got into the, uh, you know, being a realtor and working for the development at Rancho Santana itself. Then the next step was really looking at, well, what is the country doing? And I think they saw what was happening in those countries I mentioned, specifically Costa Rica and places like Cabo San Lucas and Punta Mita in Mexico, where tourism was really uh, driving the economy and being a very positive source of income to those countries. And so I think Nicaragua looked and said, well, why don't we follow in the footsteps of what our neighbor Costa Rica has been doing um, to pull themselves up economically speaking at a, at a country level. And so that's what I think Nicaragua has done over the last 10 or 12 years has been they've really been focused on direct foreign investment. Uh, which is higher than it's ever been and continues to go up every year. So when you drive around the country, you see people like uh, uh, Walmart and uh, Core Denim and other big companies going in there to take advantage of the friendly uh, business environment and low labor costs. So the more that I saw foreign direct investment going into the country, as well as tourism becoming the largest source of income to the country, so hotels and such being built and being filled, um, it's given me a sense of where the country is going. What are the politics about Nicaragua today that make it a good place to invest? Right. Well, so Nicaragua has changed quite a bit over the last 10 to 12 years from when I first started going down there. Um, primarily, I think, as a, as a country and politically speaking, they've seen the success that some of their neighbors, like Costa Rica, places up in Mexico, have had by courting foreign direct investment and even more so tourism. So every year since I've been down there, foreign direct investment has gone up and up and is at its highest rates ever, and tourism as well, and it's now the largest source of income to the country. And those are the things that I think are providing Nicaragua with a taste of the money and the growing economy and the jobs that all of that brings. So now every time I fly into Nicaragua, the roads are in better shape than they've ever been, and there's crews out there paving roads and creating roads all the time. There's cranes and buildings being built in Managua uh, at an alarming pace to me, more so than I've seen in a lot of other countries around the world over the last 10, minute, uh, 10 years, as well as tourism. You know, the hotels and the jobs have just been popping up, and they've, they're, again, following Costa Rica's lead and showing what tourism can do to a country like Nicaragua. So I think the government has tasted the success and the money, and they're – focused on increasing it year to year, and they're becoming very wealthy and very successful in sharing in these direct investments in the energy sector as well as in tourism. So those are the things, kind of the writing on the wall that I've seen over the last 10 years that has shown that the country is enjoying and riding this wave of success and following in some other countries' footsteps that have been very successful in doing it. People may not be familiar with the success of Costa Rica. Just give us a brief idea of what kind of appreciation has there been in Costa Rica had you gotten in before and it's almost like a model for what's happening in Nicaragua just give us a sense of what happened in Costa Rica 
Right. Well, I think in Costa Rica, you know, if you were down there in the 70s, the 80s, and even early 90s, you could pick up stuff in the you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And, and all these countries, I think, sort of mimic the same development life cycle, where if you're in early enough, you can pick something up on the beach for $20,000, and then a few years later, it's $40,000, and on and on. So if you were in Costa Rica in, let's say, the 80s, something that you bought it for forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 could be four hundred dollars to $800,000, obviously, depending upon the property and the location. But there's been staggering appreciation in places like Costa Rica as well as in places in Mexico. And Nicaragua in general, and specifically the ranch, we're still on the very front end of that development curve. Indeed. So now let's talk about the ranch specifically, uh, which, as you know, I was down at uh, recently. Um, tell us a little bit of the story of the development of this in the first place. Uh, Agora is the company that developed this in the first place. So tell us a little bit about Agora and what the original story was as far as why they picked this particular location to develop. Sure. So Agora, as I mentioned earlier, and as Jordan mentioned, it's a financial newsletter publication. Uh, so they've got about 10 or 15 different publications that primarily focus in the financial advice neighborhood. One of their publications, and it was one of the first ones that they did, is called International Living. And so it's a little bit less focus on stocks and bonds and golds and uh, portfolio diversification and focuses a little bit more on places that folks can go retire or invest abroad, so specifically property, if you will. And so back in 98, uh, the gentleman who started the company, Bill Bonner, asked one of his folks to head down to Central America and find a nice piece of dirt that they could develop and follow their own advice to some extent. So this international living was you know, telling people to go find some cheap dirt that they thought was going to appreciate over time, and so they went to do it themselves. And so a gentleman by the name of Bob Forty was tasked with heading down to Central America, which he did. He looked around quite a few different countries, Costa Rica being one of them, Nicaragua, obviously. He came back and told them he'd found a spectacular piece of beachfront real estate that was extremely inexpensive. So they gathered up their executive team. They flew down there. At the time, the property that is now Rancho Santana was just grazed land or a ranch, if you will. So they rode horses out to the beach, and a guy led the way with a machete. There was literally nothing there, and they bought the property relatively inexpensive, comparatively speaking, to a lot of the places I keep mentioning, like Costa Rica or Mexico or any of these other places. They started to develop it, and to their credit, they they spent a lot of money on the infrastructure. Um, They've had the foresight, I think, to see what could be, and they put in underground water, underground power, a very... um, um, nice road system, and they slowly started to develop it with building a clubhouse and uh, a cluster of about 20 little casitas, which they immediately sold. And so that's really how it got its start, and that's right around when I went down there. It was a little bit later, but they had just finished up a lot of that infrastructure in the original clubhouse, and so I went down in 2004. And then over the years, they've continued developing. Um, all of the amenities and, and development that they've done has been with cash, so there's no debt on the entire property. Um, to them, it's more of a retreat and a place for like-minded people than it is as just a uh, profit center. So Agora Publishing is a privately held company out of Baltimore, very successful, and this is sort of a, a side project, if you will. Um, so all of the key executives have homes there. They also are all sitting on anywhere from you know four or five to ten different world-class properties themselves. They've had many of their associates uh, also buy property within the ranch. So I don't get the call from my boss saying, hey, you know, let's give Bob a piece of property. It's, uh, you know, the call is more, much more, hey, Bob wants to, wants to invest with us and let's help, help, help him find the right piece of property. They've also had their sisters and nephews and cousins and on and on invest uh, in the ranch. So, you know, we talked a little bit about Nicaragua and where it is politically and, and why it's a... A, a place where we might want to put some money. Well, the ranch at the same time, looking at it through a microscope, it's got uh, some really solid people behind it, like I mentioned, with no debt on the property. But also there's many layers of their uh, involvement and, and investment and why I think they're going to be there for the long haul, and that is themselves having 
many properties, but also their associates and family members and on and on that have also invested right there next to them. Um, so that's a little bit about Agora itself and where they're, where they're taking the development. And now you go down and it's hardly recognizable from when I was early, my early years down there. Now there's a beautiful clubhouse with a phenomenal restaurant. The chef came from one market street in San Francisco. I just came back a about a week ago from a culinary event we had down there with Sam Talbot, who was on America's Top Chef. There's a beautiful hotel room, which I'd put the rooms up against, you know, any Ritz-Carlton or Four Seasons around the world. I mean, it's really that nice. So they've done a phenomenal job of of developing a world-class property. They've got 2,700 acres, so it's almost like going and staying at or living at or investing in uh, a national park. You know, it's hard to go find a a gated development of this quality and caliber um, that's that large. And what kind of people come to it from all over the world? Are most the Americans? You know, it, there's people. There are people from all over the world. Primarily, it's North Americans, so it's Americans and Canadians. But I've uh, helped people from France, from Morocco, from South Africa, from. Georgia, and that's not the Georgia of the United States, from virtually all over the world um, find they're either a second home or an investment at the ranch. So it's a very diverse group, but yeah, primarily it is North Americans. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Brown. He's director of sales at Rancho Santana, which is a Nicaraguan resort on the uh, west coast, of the Pacific coast. You can find out more about it at their website, ranchosantana.com. You can also email Mark with, uh, for more information. His email is markb, M-A-R-C-B, at ranchosantana.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Brown. He's Director of Sales at Rancho Santana which is a uh, resort uh, based on the western coast, the Pacific coast of Nicaragua. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. So let's talk specifically of when you go there to Rancho Santana, what are some of the things you find and what are some of the things people can do in what's somewhat a remote location? How do you get there and what are some of the things you can do when you're there? Sure. So I'll start with how you get there. 
historically, we've always flown into the capital of Nicaragua, which is Managua, and then it's been about a two-hour drive out to the ranch. In November, a new small international airport opened up about 10 minutes from our front gate. And that airport's in place because of a gentleman by the name of Carlos Pellas. So he's the wealthiest individual in Central America and happens to be a Nicaraguan. He put in a very high-end, even, even higher-end than Rancho Santana, uh, development about 15, 20 minutes south on the coast from the ranch. And he was attracting the types of Morgan Friedman, Larry Fink, professional golfers like Adam Scott, uh, Michael Douglas, and the list goes on and on of you know, A- A-list uh, celebrities and, and athletes. And those folks want to fly down in private jets. So he worked with the government, and they opened what, they're, uh, what is called the Costa Esmeralda Airport now. It's an international airport, so you can clear immigration and customs there. And folks are flying in in private jets to enjoy the up-and-coming area that we're, we're in in Nicaragua. They're also having some commercial flights from neighboring Costa Rica, Liberia, and San Jose, to be specific, and also there's flights from Managua out to our airport. So that's the, the first step. I think if you ask anyone that's involved down there, I think within you know four or five years, there's probably going to be definitely more frequency in those flights and from more cities within Central America, but quite possibly direct flights from the United States, so making getting there much, much easier. Once you're out there, you know, we are uh, on the front end of that development curve, like I mentioned. So it's a very outdoors, undeveloped, pristine environment. So anything you can imagine doing outdoors is what we enjoy at and around the ranch. So in the area, the, the Carlos Pellas development is called McCool. There's a beautiful, world-class David Kidd golf course. There's a top-notch spa. Um, there's another golf course in the neighborhood that's nine holes, a little bit more like a uh, municipal course, if you will, and its quality. And then there's tons of hiking, mountain biking, surfing, fishing, um, all kinds of different exploring in neighbor, neighboring towns where they make cigars or up into the coffee country. Ometepe Island is about an hour and a half drive away, which is a um, uh, preserve, if you will, where there's hot springs and eco lodges and things like that to do. So just about anything you can imagine doing outdoors or anything you can imagine doing in Costa Rica and Mexico is, is in our neighborhood. And let's talk about the ranch. That's kind of the neighborhood. Talk about the ranch, Rancho Santana itself. What, how many hotel rooms are there? Uh, what kind of properties are for sale? And uh, you know, what do you see as the future of uh, the, uh, investing at Rancho Santana itself? So the ranch itself has a 17-room boutique hotel. It's also got a really nice art gallery downstairs. So one of our founders is a... Is a big-time art collector, and he had his curator put together a really nice collection of Latin American art. Most of it's Nicaraguan, but some of it's from throughout Latin America. So we've got a really nice art gallery down there. We've got three different restaurants on on site. Um, One of them is more of an outdoor kind of tacos and tostadas and margaritas to our fine dining that I mentioned. And then there's the surf school uh, within the ranch that does both traditional surfing, but also stand-up paddleboarding. We've got yoga and all kinds of exercise classes at our facility. We've got a spa. We've got hiking trails. We've got mountain biking trails. So, again, anything you can think of doing outdoors and that I mentioned, almost all of it can be done within the ranch is 2,700 acres. So without even leaving the ranch, you can enjoy all those things. Um, One of the key benefits that I enjoyed about the ranch was within the ranch, I could have been anywhere in the world. I could have been in Hawaii. I mean, the amenities and the people that surrounded me were top-notch. But you can also go outside the gates, and you can enjoy Nicaragua for all the culture and the uh, culinary offerings that it has. So it was sort of a best of both worlds, being able to enjoy Nicaragua and what it had to offer, but then also having the... uh, the development, per se, and, and the comforts and security that it brought with it as well. So let's talk about the specific real estate. Now, there's two kinds of real estate that people can invest in at Rancho Santana. One is the residences, and the other is kind of plots that are not built yet that you can have a custom house built. So tell us a little bit about both. Give us a rough idea of the price range uh, and what would be the advantage of one or the other. Well, with 2,700 acres uh, and the type of topography that we have, you can imagine there's a lot of different areas and different types of property within the ranch. So from a home site perspective, and all of our home sites have under, underground power and water to them and road access, obviously, that we've got home sites from $50,000 all the way up to a half a million 
with sort of the average being in that hundred to two hundred thousand dollar range, which which is an acre on a on a hilltop with a spectacular ocean and sunset view, really nice breeze. The residences of the inn are a um, a larger model of our hotel rooms that are in. So the the finishes are similar and are beautiful. It's just that they're 2,100 to 2,300 square feet and have a full kitchen. So it's for those folks that come down and want to stay a little bit longer than at the at the end. This is the model that they would be renting. And so from an ownership perspective, it gives you probably one of the best locations in the ranch, being that they're located right on the beach next to all the amenities. And from an investment perspective, Typically, things on the on the beach appreciate well. I think it was Oprah that said, uh, "God's not making any more beachfront real estate," and then they rent really well because when folks are looking at our website and looking for a place to stay, they're dr- obviously drawn towards the amenities and t- towards being right on the beach. So, those residences uh, will do very well over time from both a rental perspective as well as an appreciation, and give you one of the best places to come down and enjoy the ranch. Uh, but for those that want a little bit more privacy or more space. We've got the home sites, and then we also have a building services program for those individuals that come down, find that dream home site, but then want to build, um, which can be challenging from afar. Our team can help you pick the right architect, pick the right builder, and be on site daily or as needed to manage that building process and make it as painless as possible. Roughly, what are the prices of, to build a house? Just a, a rough range of, of what one would expect if you bought a site and then want to build a house on it. Yep, fully loaded, so including architecture, including our building services program, so basically everything other than furnishings, people are spending around 120 to $130 a square foot. And what size houses typically are put up there, roughly? You know, again, much like the ranch and the folks that are coming, it's pretty diverse. Um, so we've got everything from 2,000 square foot homes to 7,000 or even 8,000 square foot homes. On an average, I would say it's probably somewhere between three and 4,000 square feet of indoor and outdoor living space combined. So what would that come to on a per square foot? I mean, what would the, the price be if on the average home if somebody's going to build down there? Yeah, when I was down there last time, I met with our building services group, and I took a look at about the last 10 or 15 homes that had been built down there. And in general, they were between about 350 and 450 so about three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand to four hundred fifty thousand dollars for a completed home. And what's happened to people who bought and built homes five years ago and ten years ago? What has happened to the appreciation of those homes that are already there? We really haven't seen a lot of people sell yet because folks that you know have come down, picked out a home site, and gone through the build are they're still enjoying those homes. So we haven't had a lot of resale homes on the market. There is a strong. Um, appreciation annually from that just because there are some people that come down there and don't want to go through the build process. So I would say both in the dirt and also in the homes, we're probably seeing in that 8 to 10% annual return. Yeah. And the residences, which are still being built, um, what kind of rental income could people expect uh, if they got one of those residences? We're on that front end of the development curve. So what that means is like it's, it's changing almost weekly, but definitely on, a, on an annual basis. Um, as far as how many people are coming to the ranch and, and what we're selling at the ranch, et cetera. So it's a little bit of looking in a crystal ball, trying to see what people will do. Today, when people are investing, we're looking at about 40% occupancy, and they're renting at $500 a night. So Today, those folks are looking at making you know, a decent return on that investment uh, from a rental perspective. And then when we look forward, that's where that crystal ball comes into play. And you know, as more flights come into the airport, more and more press is written about Nicaragua. In the last 12 months, we've been in Cananas Traveler, Fortune, Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, um, list goes on and on, GQ. So as Nicaragua becomes sort of the next Costa Rica, um, those numbers are just going to go up. So I'm not trying to dodge the question. It's just that I think if we're at 40% occupancy today, I think in three to four years it's not, um, it's not, uh, pos- it is possible that we could be at as much as 60% or more. What difference is it going to make when the airport, I mean, the airport is now open, but apparently it's going to uh, be uh, lengthened a bit. What kind of a difference could it make to the investment in Rancho Santana when, uh, more direct flights are able to come in uh, to the U.S.? 
Well, when you look at other places and when they've put in airports and what it's done to those areas and how it's pushed them up those development curves uh, quickly, that's, in my mind, that's really what is the key component. As soon as it becomes easier to get someplace, that's when more and more people come and it opens up to a really broad spectrum of, of folks that travel, if you will, and also invest. So I think with the flights today from Liberia and San Jose and from Managua, it's already creating a lot more buzz and, and traffic to the ranch and the surrounding area. And as they extend that runway to 7,000 feet and can, can uh, accept planes like 737s and some of the smaller Airbuses, then it's just uh, it, going to create expansion you know, similar to what we've seen in some of these other countries, which could be exponential. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Brown. He's the director of sales at Rancho Santana, which is a resort on the west coast of uh, Nicaragua. Uh, you can find out more at their website, ranchosantana.com. Uh, you can email Mark at Mark, M-A-R-C, the letter B, Mark B, at ranchosantana.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Brown. He's the director of sales at Rancho Santana, uh, which is a relatively new resort uh, based in uh, western Nicaragua on the Pacific Coast. And... Uh, he's talking about it as a foreign investment and as a way to enjoy yourself as well. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me. So when people are looking to invest in a foreign uh, investment sometime, when they're not going to be there in person, what are some of the things that they need to look for to make sure that it's going to be a solid investment? Right. So the key things that I've seen from my time in Nicaragua, and I think it's key to note that I got down there in 2004. So, so I saw the country growing at a rate that a lot of investments were growing prior to 2008 and the big economic downturn. So in 2004, 5, and 6, you know, regardless of where you put money, I think we'd all agree we were all doing pretty well. And that was, that was true in, in real estate in Nicaragua as well as in some of the other places uh, around that I keep mentioning. And so as times got tougher, it was the folks that, that were well capitalized and honest and ethical that survived those, those tougher times. So when I look at foreign real estate now, you know, if my mom asked me, hey, Mark, where, you know, where should I put some money in foreign real estate and why, the key things are finding really a, a great location. Anyone that's been in, in real estate will tell you location, location, location. Typically, like I mentioned a little earlier, beachfront real estate has always done well. So I, it doesn't matter if you're looking at Santa Barbara, Malibu, places in Hawaii, Costa Rica, Mexico, you name it. Typically, beachfront real estate has done well. And so I think the, the folks at Agora did a phenomenal job. And this is coming from a guy that's been to 
Indonesia, Fiji, Tahiti, Australia, New Zealand. I've been all over the world chasing surf, and I've seen a lot of really pretty beaches. They picked a really nice location, and they got 2,700 acres. So they got a big check mark in the location box. The second and probably most important is if you're going to get into a development, it's who's behind it. You know, in that time when economic times got tight, I saw a lot of folks that seemed like they were really together basically fold up and run out of money, um, and the developments just disappeared, if you will, and people lost some money. Um, and that was not only in Nicaragua, but in, in all those countries we keep talking about. So in this case, we've got a strong developer that's very well capitalized and no debt on the entire property. So I feel like there's a very strong check in the box of you know who's behind this. Uh, and then lastly is if we're going to get in foreign real estate, not only are we looking at diversifying our portfolio, but we'd all like to make some money at the same time. And to do that, it means getting in early, right? We're getting in on that development curve early that I keep mentioning. So that's where Nicaragua is. That's where that press is helping us kind of move up that, that curve, if you will. That's where the uh, celebrities and folks coming down, as well as just more and more people hearing about it word of mouth and moving us up that development curve. There is still a long way to go as the airport expands and more flights come in and more press is written about Nicaragua and Santana specifically. So those are the three key things, I think, as far as what to look for when investing abroad is, you know, finding a, a beautiful location that should do well, finding some rock-solid partners to do it with, and then finding an environment where there's quite a bit of upside left. Is there the possibility this could get overbuilt? I mean, some have said with Costa Rica that it's too hot now, and there was a lot of kind of hype, and people got in too late and actually lost money because it was overdeveloped to some extent. Is that possible in Nicaragua? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything is possible. I just think that when you look at where we are on the curve, that's at least, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, conservatively speaking. So I've pulled my friends from day one, hey, come on down, enjoy it for a vacation. We've talked a little bit about the resort aspects of the ranch itself. It's a beautiful place to come down and enjoy with friends and family. And when you're down there, you take a look and see if it's right for you. And then with my friends, I told them, look, if you love it the way it is, wonderful. You enjoy it, and we ride the curve, and we ride the appreciation over the next 10, 15 years. And if we ever wake up and it's just too crowded or too developed for our tastes, or we feel like, okay, supply, demand, this is starting to get uh, you know, further and further up that development curve and may start to slow down, well, then you can always sell the, sell the property and take the money that you've made. Are there limits on within Rancho Santana, which is all controlled by Agora, are there some limits so it doesn't get overdeveloped? Yeah, so that's one of the key things about Santana and having that developer behind it is because they're not just a brutal developer, which I will say, and there's some good developers out there and there's some developers that I think most of us would agree are just sort of taking advantage of the land and the environment just to make a buck. These guys, um, they do not want to overdevelop the ranch. I would say it's a very, very light development plan that they have, and we will always have a 1,000, if not 2,000 uh, acres of undeveloped uh, green space. So you can go to the middle of the ranch today, and you always will be able to, and hike on the trails I mentioned, and enjoy the monkeys and the birds and the plants, and you won't see any development around you. So that is a key point. I'm glad you brought that up, that the ranch being as big as it is has the ability to, and it has people behind it that don't want to overdevelop it and want to keep it um, in a very pristine state. Are there other developments near the ranch? There's McCool, but are there other developments near the ranch that could be similar that would be growing over time? There are. So we talked about McCool, you're right. And then there's next door. I mentioned a nine-hole sort of municipal-style course. That's at Hacienda Iguana where the developer there is nowhere near of the caliber that the McCool development or our Rancho Santana is, but it's still another area that you can go to their restaurant. It's got a beautiful beach, and there's a few other smaller ones in the area too. So everything's growing. Um, I've heard that the government and some other folks are going to be doing another large development in the area, and I think that's what's going to spur the extension to the runway and more traffic coming into the airport. So, yeah, there, there are some other developments in the area, and there's more coming. Again, hate to keep going back to it, but that's that development curve that's, that's creeping up and up. One concern people might, people might have is about currency. Is everything done in dollars, or is it done in the local currency? What if there are currency controls, or if the currency is devalued? How does that all work? Yeah, everything's done in the U.S. dollar. Um, so from like a developer perspective, property, you're sending the money to Baltimore and you're picking up the asset in Nicaragua. 
We've got people from all over the world, like I mentioned, coming to buy. So if someone wanted to, it's, uh, they would be able to do the transaction in euros or you name the currency. But the primary currency we're dealing with is the U.S. dollar. Very good. So in summing up, as a diversification move, why should somebody want to invest overseas in general and Nicaragua specifically in the current market environment? Well, I think if you look at the markets over the last couple of months, and you'd be much more in tune with this than I would, Jordan, but it's, there's been a lot of uh, uncertainty in the markets that we're investing in in the U.S. And so one way to sort of hedge against that is to get some of your money outside of the U.S. and get it into a vehicle that's a little bit different than what we're typically in. So that's where that foreign real estate asset class can come into play to help you diversify your portfolio and to help uh, avoid some of the uncertainty of what's going on in the markets today. And then Nicaragua gives you the ability, Santana specifically, to get into that foreign real estate asset class, but to get into it at a very uh, um, premium level where we're early on the development curve and there's a lot of upside to it. You know, we could be investing in more mature markets, but there's not going to be as much upside. So here's one that's sort of already started to explode, and we can ride it the rest of the way. But even in the meantime, you can get current income from it. I mean, if you're not in for appreciation, if you either an individual home uh, or uh, one of the residences, you can get current income from it as well. Absolutely. So it's a sort of three three pronged attack. You can one ride the appreciation, which is you know, bar something absolutely extraordinary is is happening every year, and I can't see why it won't continue to happen. You can, as you mentioned, you can. Uh, generate that annual rental income, which again should grow. Just this year, my occupancies on my house when I'm not there have gone up and we've raised the nightly rate by about another $100 up to $525 a night. And then lastly, it's a place you get to go down and use. We talked about that earlier in the segment where you, know, you can look at your gold, you can count your money, you can look at your stock certificate. Here you get to go down to an absolutely spectacular location and spend quality time with family. Very good. Well, thanks so much. Uh, my guest this hour has been Mark Brown. He's director of sales at Rancho Santana, uh, which is a beautiful resort I visited uh, recently myself uh, in the western part of uh, Nicaragua on the coast there. Um, so something you might want to take a look at, uh, maybe even just go down to rent, uh, see what it's like, and potentially be an investment as a diversification move. You can find out more about it at their website, ranchosantana.com. Uh, Mark's email is M-A-R-C-B, uh, Mark B, at ranchosantana.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.